Hi, this is Amanda Edmiston. Welcome to this episode of The Very Curious Herbal. I'm mostly going to be looking at apples, which um, Elizabeth Blackwell draws and, and talks about in her Curious Herbal of 1737. But I thought before I expanded on those stories, I would just add a, a few thoughts. I've been talking to a few people about the ways the Very Curious Herbal Project is developing in the last couple of weeks. And people have been asking me about the podcast. I don't, as you can hear almost instantly, I'm sure, go with a, a very produced, polished uh, product in the podcast. Partially because, if, uh, if I'm honest... It never would have happened if I'd, I sat and pondered for a while. Should I create an intro, put in some music to run in, edit it, buy new equipment? And I thought, no, it's this is a place where I connect with people usually who have seen one of my live performances or who have heard about my work, maybe read the blog or seen my work in, in a publication or on the album or, or the album I released last year or, or somewhere and they are hopefully you know you've got to know me a bit over time and so you, you will appreciate I hope that this is very much a, a free fall through ideas I'm literally this is you getting to hear me planning out loud if you like for the more polished performance pieces or the workshops that um that I'm holding or, you know, delivering in in beautiful venues across the country over the next year. Uh, you maybe came and saw the project at either the National Library of Scotland or at um, Aberdeen University last year. This year we're off to the British Library in March and then Chawton House, who have, uh, an inc in Hampshire, who have an incredible uh, Elizabeth Blackwell garden. Um, so if you do come along to one of those sessions, you'll, you'll find that that I'm a lot more, <laughs> well, there's a bit more flow. Uh, I tend to go in, I don't rehearse particularly, but I do know the stories really well by that point. At the point you're listening to me now, well, this is kind of like me inviting you into my home or occasionally sat out in the garden when the weather's a bit more clement to hear me going through some of the ideas, sharing a story or two. This is a place where you can quietly take a sip of an apple cordial and, and listen to the story and, and maybe come onto the Facebook page, Botanica Fabulousness, and share your apple thoughts on apple or wassailing or, or coffee like we were doing last week. Um, this is just more of a... A homely thing if you like this is this is a bit of a herbal storytelling home practice that you can tap into and where I am sharing well just the way I work and how I prepare things so with all that said and done um apples yeah so I decided to to look at apples this week because although they're the more you know that the, the more readily available in the autumn. They're usually still huge amounts of, of um, 
home-produced apples available in the shops at this point of year. They keep well over the winter. And the 17th of January, old 12 years it was known, was the original date for, for apple wassling. And <laughs> as you, although I'm from Aberdeen originally, as you probably, or as my husband's very prone to telling me, teasing me about, and this is why I'm recording this one while he's out, so that neither him nor the kids come in and immediately go, here, mum, you've gone all West Country at me. But, um, <laughs> but there's every chance that this one I end up being a bit West Country because apple wassling is um, very much a tradition from the southwest of England. And, yeah, as I say, although I'm from Aberdeen originally, the same place Elizabeth Blackwell was from, and, and that's partially how my connection started and my interest and, and desire to create this project. Um, I spent quite a while living in uh, in the southwest of England. So this is um, a story, this is a, a tradition I'm aware of, because I, I pretty much lived near cider country for quite a long time. So, old 12 right, I'm waffling, I'm off on a tangent. <laughs> it's just the joy of the podcast. Um, yeah, so old 12 was old 12th night. Uh, before the calendar, the Gregorian calendar was introduced, which, which actually happened um, midway through Elizabeth Blackwell's lifetime. So, you know, something she would have been familiar with. Um, and the uh, tradition of apple wassling involved going out into the orchards, making loads of noise. Some stories tell of people firing firing guns up into the trees, but certainly there were a lot of pots and pans being rattled, uh, loud noise, drumming, and traditional wassling songs were sung. And then the trees were toasted with a, a wee glass of cider, uh, poured onto their roots, in the hope that this would bring in fine crops and just assure the trees of, you know, our fondness for them. There's a few other little things about this story I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in. There's um there's a, a fantastic book, The History and Antiquities of the County of Somerset, written by John Collinson, slightly after Elizabeth Blackwell's time, but in 1791. And uh it's got quite dense <laughs> and quite um wordy. Uh, laws and, and customs and, and uh, such like in it, amongst other things. And one of the things that he refers to, is particularly associated with the uh, Borough Taunton Dean, um, which is prime cider growing country by, the, by this point of the 18th century, is that um, if a, a man dies, his wife inherits. If um, automatically, if you die in test state, wife gets all the money. If you don't have a wife, then it's not your eldest son, like a lot of places, but your youngest son that inherits. Um, part of the belief is that you know your your eldest son will have will have had more time with you alive to to go and make his way in the world. But right enough, it's the youngest son who inherits, and if you don't have any sons. Well, and it's your youngest daughter who inherits. It then goes on to list rather complex <laughs> variations um, given on 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 uh, who you're outlived by. But it's worth noting when I tell this story. Now, this story was 
um, is attributed, as far as I know, to um, uh, a story collector and uh, collected huge amounts of stories, folklore, songs, um, some of which are now questionable and people think that she maybe wrote herself. But I, I kind of go with the theory that that's okay. She's a, She's got brilliant stories. There's brilliant stories in this woman's collections and um, there's some that really um, chronicle our connection with the land. And so I think whether or not she did what I do with stories, which is story-mend them and sort of fill in missing bits or, or whether they're authentically collected, I don't think matters too much. I think all writers of stories do that. I think at the point that you take an oral tradition and you put it onto paper, um, it, you know, there's bound to be organic changes that have gone on over the years. And um, that's fine. That That's part of the process of telling a story. So anyway, this is attributed to uh, a story collector, uh, Ruth Tongue who worked predominantly in the southwest of England. Um, and I think she wrote this this down, I believe. Uh, this this version of the story um, in, in the beginning of the, the 20th century. She's, you know, she collects songs um, around uh, 1908. <coughs> um, so, she, you know, she's got all kinds of stories and, and songs and little snippets about about apple wassling. She lists one of the songs in The Chime Child or uh, in 1968, um, the 1968 publication, The Chime Child, um, as Old Mother Eve. Um, so uh, it goes, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a few lines. I'm not going to burst into song because I don't, um, I don't know the tune. <laughs> um, the apple tree stood in the garden. Its blossoms are white as the snow. And there in the cool of the evening, or dear Lord, he did go. But old Mother Eve, she liked apples. And Adam, he liked them too. He liked them too. He liked them too. The serpent, he hid in the garden. Twined about the tree. You never did eat of such wonderful meat and so honey sweet, said he, he, he. They turned them both out of the garden, shut out with a fiery key. But old man Adam, he rolled up his sleeves and planted an apple tree. There are apple trees now down in the garden. There are orchards in the valley below. And in autumn and spring, the apple is king and we bless it wherever we go. <laughs> so that's one of the sort of songs that were sung in the apple orchard. So if you can imagine a whole group of people late in the evening, midnight quite often, hammering and banging of pots and pans, firing of guns and singing of, eh, what did you describe that as? Um, slightly subversive <laughs> version of the Adam and Eve story there. Uh to, to kind of just reassure the apples that we love them, the apple trees that we love them. Now, there are stories about wassling that go way, way back. As I say, um, Ruth Tongue um, published her later on in the 20th century, but a lot of the ones she collected are from the beginning, the first 20-odd years, you know. So I think this one, um, if I if I remember, 
is from like about 1908. Sorry, I'm looking around for the book, uh, which I've left downstairs. Hey ho. But I'm going to share the story now, a wassail story of the apple tree man. It was a hard working chap. He was the eldest of a long family. His dad had been a, a good fellow and he'd, he'd planted apple trees and looked after them, but they were now old and crumpled and well, not all of them yielded as many apples as he'd liked. Now, when the dad died, unfortunately, the hard-working eldest son didn't get any of it. His youngest brother, a, an unpleasant kind of a character, gets the whole lot. He uh, inherited the house, the orchard, the vegetable garden and the land thereabouts. He had fishing rights down at the river and he had a few animals left and plenty of money of his own, so... He decided he'd give his eldest brother something. Because the, the hard-working eldest one had nothing at all, you see. So he, the youngest, having a bit of money set aside and the nice big house, decides he's going to give his, his poor, hard-working eldest brother, his dad's old donkey, and an ox that was gone to anatomy, no more than a mere skeleton, a tumble-down cottage right down at the end of the land, where two or three of the more ancient apple trees that barely yielded anything anymore were growing. The house dated back a long, long way to when the father of what had died had lived there with his own grandfather. The apple trees were as old as the old grandfather himself, and if you got one apple a year off them, you were lucky. But the eldest son, the hard-working eldest son, decided he'd, he'd give it all a go and he fed the ox up and he brushed down the donkey. He made sure that the trees were well-nourished and that manure was dug in round their roots. And he'd go out and look at their wizened bark and their beautiful twining branches. More beautiful with age than any young tree could be, he'd stroke the trees and tell them how fond of them he was. He remembered climb, clambering up them when he was wee and just like enjoying sitting in their branches as the blossom had opened, listening to blackbirds singing. He didn't grumble much. He got on with cutting what grass he could from along the lane, feeding up the old donkey, rubbing the ox down with herbs and saying the old words till the old ox perked himself up and started to walk smart. And then he let the animals into the orchard. More and more, the apple trees began to flourish. The beasts fattened and the apple trees started to flourish with blossom in the spring once more. March came round and they were covered with pinky white flowers. Unfortunately, all this work didn't really give him a lot of time to find the rent. He was just about getting by with a, enough veg from his garden to feed himself. But his youngest brother turned round every month, smart as you like, wanting to have his rent. Dap on the dot he was too. One day the young one comes into the orchard and says, Well, the year's end is nearly here. 
See, you've got a few apples from the tree this time, and soon it'll be Christmas Eve. When Christmas Eve comes in a few weeks' time, they say that beasts do talk. Legend has it for many a year that there's treasure hereabouts, and somewhere in the orchards that Dad had, there's gold buried under one of the trees. Now, I've looked under all the trees that are on my land, so I figure they must be down here somewhere near you. And I'm set to ask your donkey where it is. Make sure you mind and tell me in a few weeks' time. Wake me up just before midnight on Christmas Eve, and I'll let you off that rent you owe me. Well, the oldest one had no other way of repaying his brother. He'd heard the rumours about the treasure too, but he'd never wanted to dig up his trees to find it. Maybe it was just a story and then he'd lose his favourite apple trees. Where would he imagine that he'd remember the dreams that he'd imagined when he climbed into their branches and been held by them in the wind when he was a boy? No, he wasn't for digging up his apple trees. But now, faced with a cold, lonely winter, with nowhere to stay unless he paid his brother the rent. He set about thinking that he'd best wake his brother on midnight at midnight on Christmas Eve and see if that treasure would uh, take the pain of finding the rent out of life for just another month. Well, the weeks rolled by, and the man, carefully feeding up the donkey and ox to make sure that they coped with the weather, he fixed a bit of holly over the cattle shed and he got his last mug of cider and mulled it in the ashes and he went down to the orchard to give it to the apple trees. As he was there, tiny tiptoes of a cat came padding through the orchard. Well, you know what they say about curiosity in the cat. She started to scratch her claws up and down the bark, scramble and pounce into the apple tree where the cider bubbled around its roots. Out popped the apple tree man. You scratching eye, he said. Don't you be scratching eye. You get on home, little cat. This is no place for you. There's folks coming soon to pour cider over my roots and fire guns through my branches. They'll be here before St. Tib Tib's Eve. We've got a few weeks now till old Twelvey. Now there's only cider bubbling round my roots. Next time there'll be a right clamour and a clatter coming from this place. No, no, this is no place for a week. So like you, off you hop and get back to your stable week at. The kitten ran off, all scared and puffed up with fright. And she didn't go back again. But the old brother stood and watched, transfixed by the sight of this green bark-clad man emerging from his old apple tree and talking to a cat. He looks up and says with the honest face of someone who's never meant any harm to anything, Hello. How are you? I've wanted, I've rested in your branches for half my life. And the apple tree man calls back to him and he says, 
Yes, I know you. You've always been a good lad. I tell you what, you look under this great big diddicky root of ours and I'll give you a chest full of finest gold. It's yours, though, and no one else's. Put it away safe and bide quiet about it. Well, shocked and somewhat stunned, the oldest brother thought, well, the apple trees told me to, maybe I can, and carefully, minding he didn't cut into any of the roots, he moved the soil, shifted it, and found, sure enough, just what the apple tree man had promised. A bucket full of gold. When he pulled it out and carefully excavated it, he hid it inside his jerkin. And then the apple tree man hastened him along to go and find his brother because the midnight hour was striking on the nearest clock. The youngest brother ran out, all of a hurry, went down to find the donkey and the ox, fattened up in the stable, listened in, carefully hidden behind a, a big pile of dried out grass, shielded by the wall. He had whisperings and mutterings. Sure enough, just as the legend said, the animals began to talk. And the donkey turned to the ox and he said, You know this great greedy fool that's a-listening to us, all unmannerly and everything? He wants us to tell him where that treasure's hidden. Well, says the ox, he's never going to manage that because uh, somebody's already taken it and I don't know where he's put it. And that was that. The animals had spoken. The youngest brother sidled off slightly shamefaced and however much he searched he never did find the older brother's treasure. Now some people say that the older brother had vanished by the time the younger brother went looking for him but I don't think he did. I prefer the version where one leaves the other be and the older brother now with enough money to see him through comfortably for the rest of the life. Make sure that he takes care of his tumble-down cottage, his donkey and his ox. And every year, on January 17th, old Twelvey, he goes out into the orchard and gives his good old apple trees a big mug of spiced cider and sings them a song and tells them a story or two. Anyway... <laughs> So that is um that that's my apple tree whistling story. Uh my mum told me a, a brilliant apple tree story the other day. Um that I'm probably going to develop as um another story as part of the curious herbal performance pieces. Um it's a really brilliant apple story. Um so maybe if you come along to one of the performances at the British Library, Chawton House, or one of the other venues that, that are booking up for next year, um, you'll catch a different apple tree story. Or if you um, come join Botanica Fabulousness, the Facebook group, you'll find uh, a link to my version of The Orchard Princess, which is an adaptation of a beautiful book by Jane Gray, uh, Jane Ray that I tell, I use... Um, when I'm working quite often with schools or family events, but it's great for grown-ups too and it's lovely. So hopefully you've enjoyed that and you're going to take a, a sip of some delicious, sweet 
apple cordial, which, as Elizabeth Blackwell says, is great for getting dispersing melancholy. It brings cheer to the heart. Maybe you can go out tonight, January the 17th, old 12 and find an apple tree or maybe another tree near you and just tap into it, give a bit of thanks, pour it a drink or two and um, hopefully it will help see you through the next year. Thank you all very much for listening and I'll speak to you all soon. Goodbye.